Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. Today, I'm excited that I've got Tony Hernandez on the show. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me today. And I like the the name of the show, Flying Colors. And have my color yeah, thanks. Right there, there, there's a good alignment with what, what you do and, and the, the title of the show. And of course, uh, a lot of my listeners probably know who you are, but I'm going to, I'll give you a little bio here from LinkedIn. So Tony is the president and CEO of the Defense Credit Union Council, and the council represents 35 million credit union members who serve the U.S. Armed Forces and our nation's veterans worldwide. When I was at NCUA, I knew who DCUC was. The NCUA board was always engaged and staff were always engaged in listening to what your organization had to say about the people that you serve. And I know they, they contributed to participating in different events that you have, and we might get into that. But, but Tony, I'm excited to talk to you about where you're at, because I understand it's your 60th anniversary of DCUC. And there's been a lot done, but you've got some things that you're looking forward to do. So with that, maybe chat a little bit about the 60 years, what you've seen looking back since you've been there and what's been going on at DCUC. And then we can chat a little bit about the forward, forward-looking forward side of things. Sure. Yeah. Lots of changes. And it being our 60th anniversary gives you an opportunity to look back at our history and some of the things that the council has achieved. And it's what I like about it is the council just started, it's a, it started as a CUNA council. That's why council's in our last name. It was a Defense Credit Union Council. And at the time, I believe there was about 450 credit unions when we were, when we started. And that was, that's because there was 450 military bases all across the country. There's not that many now because of consolidations and closures. But we went from about 450 to about 185 today. And it's, and, but the memberships have grown. And, and what I like about the membership is that it's, it's, it's pretty steady because every, six weeks or so, we get a new batch of recruits that needs access to financial services. And uh, we're right there on the installations. And if you give them good service, the service members tend to be with you for life. And so as they uh, either, as they separate from the military, they uh, retain their credit union membership, or as they get promoted and earn more, you know, or when they get out of the military and have a higher earning potential, it's just a really great market to, to cultivate. We overseas, we started working over there. And there's an interesting story. In 1974, the United States Forces Korea commander, a four-star army general, wanted, we were already overseas, but he wanted credit unions to be able to do the same things as banks. And that was to have demand checking um, deposits. And at the time, the Credit Union Act did not allow for that. It's DOD working with Defense Credit Union Council we worked on legislation that later on allowed the entire industry to start having checking accounts. And, well, that's uh, where share drafts came from. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we've been involved in that. And then throughout the, 80, the 80s and the end of the Cold War, the Gulf War, 9-11. 9-11 changed a lot of things for our members because 
the base access issues, the what they call force protection conditions went up after 9-11. You can't just drive on the base. You have to have a reason for being there. And so a lot of our members were, were single. They were saying, right? And they were right there on the base. And so a lot of our member credit unions had to go to community charters just to survive. And, and so a lot of them changed their charters after 9-11, but that allowed them to grow and do a lot more things. And then through the Iraq and Afghanistan and people coming home and, and where we're at today, defense credit unions have really made the difference in our military members' lives. And where we're headed in the next 60 years is we were focused on the veteran market. So the active duty market is only about 2 million Americans at one time, and a lot of them either separate or retire. And so the veteran market's 18 million. And the thing we realize about the veteran market is that every single zip code in the United States has at least one veteran in the zip code. And that means that every credit union probably has a veteran in their field of membership. And the military lifestyle is unique. Veteran benefits are unique. And so how do we help all credit unions, not just defense credit unions, but all credit unions, what we call speak military, right? And using our, our, our expertise over the last 60 years and where we're headed. And it's a great pivot. And just new this week, DCUC released our new veterans guide. And we worked uh, real hard on that. We had it reviewed by, by the Department of Veteran Affairs, their Veteran Benefit Administration. Take a look at that. And that is brand new on our website because there's so many uh, benefits out there. I'm a 25 year Air Force veteran, and I don't even know what all the benefits you know, are that, that I'm entitled to. Talking with, with a good friend of mine who works at the VA, he's like, Tony, I work here. I don't know what benefits are either. And so we put them all into a guide. It just gives you the wave tops, introduces it. And if you're, if you're eligible, it gives you more information on how to seek that. But this is a living document that we want to be able to edit going on. And that's on our website, dcuc.org. And you can look under publications and it's there for free. It's something that, that we're very proud of releasing. That's a great reference. First, let me also thank you for your 25 years of service. I appreciate what you, you and what everybody involved in, in, in serving. My father served in, in, in Korea. And again, thank you so much for serving our country as you did and, and doing what you're doing now. Credit unions are amazing and serving in the military is also public service side of it. But now to having you, you having pivoted from that to being able to help people that are involved in credit unions that have the military background, it's a noble cause. And, and thanks for all you do for these people who matter so much and give so much to their country. Thanks, Mark. It's mission oriented. What I like about the credit union industry and in parallels with the defense industry is it's all mission oriented and you develop a passion for service. And so it's, for me, it was an easy transition to go from military service to working in credit unions and, and especially for defense credit union council, it's the same people, right? Sure. So that makes a very easy transition. And to be honest with you, I'm really, your listeners are, you know, maybe they keep saying, I really like what I'm doing. It's, so that makes all the, di if you like what you're doing, uh, the results are better. There's, there's no, that's, that, that's so exciting. So the, the, the pivot to the. The veterans market, and as you say that, I think about the the structure of, of, of how DCUC's board is set up, and and how it how that plays a role in that pivot and everything. Could you maybe describe to the listeners how DCUC people become involved, 
to be as board members and how that plays into maybe the pivot from the credit union side and the active duty side to the veteran market. Okay. Well, one thing I like about our board is composed of seven CEOs, right? Now, our bylaw state, you need to be the president, a CEO, a board director on, on any of our member credit unions. And we only pick seven. I think more than that would be a little hard to, a little hard to manage. And it's, it's an odd number for obvious reasons for tie, tiebreakers. But we have, we have representatives from each of the services and a couple at-large positions. And uh, what we need to discuss as we go forward is do we need, do we expand or do we change the makeup of the board as well to accommodate yeah. those credit unions going forward? And that's going to be a discussion we're going to be having this week during our uh, board meeting and planning session uh, to talk about the future and where DCUC is going and how we, how we structure and, and, and move into those areas. That's great. That's great. And so you're meeting this week, I'm, I'm hoping this coming week, or is it the, the week we're, let's see, what's today? Thursday, this coming week, which we're recording this on October 12th. So next week is the annual meeting. I was just when if this is, when this is released, uh, so when this is released, I'm just saying it, it's this week. Um, you got it. You're, you're okay. correct. You're correct. It would be when we meet to do that. Sorry about the. the no, no, that's good. That's good. Cause that'll fit. My goal is to release this uh, next Monday or Wednesday. Uh, so our, our, our timing is good on that. You said it exactly right. You started the reference to the council that, that clicked in my head is that's why the word council was there. I was curious about that. And there's the. Credit Union National Association, and you were a council of that. And then a lot that's going on in the credit union world right now talks about the merger of NAFQ potentially into CUNA, into America's credit unions. And of course, you're a trade association that fills a particular niche uh, for the military side of things. Any thoughts relative to that merger? Any thoughts relative to what that means for DCUC? I know the vote is still ongoing. It'll be done at the end of this month. And I, I expect the, uh, the merger to go through and then we find out what does that mean for everybody? And that's another discussion we're going to be having is what does a new ecosystem look like for not only DCUC, but where the leagues, the leagues and their consolidation fit into it? Where's everybody going and what kind of voices do we have or how do we partner together? So all that will be worked out. I do see a lot of opportunity for DCUC to as we move into the veteran market to, to fill a, a larger gap in our messaging and in our advocacy. And I do see more opportunities as the council continues to grow to supplement um, in a non-competitive way, but to supplement what the new America's credit union is, is going to be doing, because I think their messaging will be mostly on national industry-wide issues. What we offer is a military or veteran talking point that helps sell the, the particular advocacy issue or, or advocacy points of view. And so I, I'm excited about that. And then of course, and there's always a, wait a minute, there's a lot of other competition to do just that. And the whole purpose of merging CUNA and NAFQ was to have one voice or, or, or we get to be that other voice. And so how do I thread that needle and not compete, but, but also add more, what's the word, gravitas on, on what sure. we're doing? And to really help sell issues of importance to the industry, but really for all the military members that are a member credit union serve. So everything we do is focused on what's good for the service member. What's good for the service member who for the very first time is thousands of miles away from home. 
right? And doesn't have the, hey, just pick up the phone or walk in the door and ask mom and dad, should I buy this car? What kind of car? It's a Corvette. Wait a minute. Maybe not. And so how do we take care of those? Plus a lot of 18 and 19 year olds, they get married and they have nothing. And they're, they might be overseas because that's their first duty station. And so it's a special taking care of military financial readiness is very important. And you start things off when as a former commander, I was a two-time squadron commander and a group commander. If you're, if you're army, I was brigade level. A lot of the problem, disciplinary problems in the military all start with money. Sure. And if you can get our, not just our junior enlisted, but our junior officers set up on the right foot. Then the military is a wonderful place to build, to build wealth, to build financial resilience and to, to build a future. And that's all we ever want for our, for our military is, is to come in, be safe, do their safe job. But it, you know, in those moments, how do they prepare for the unthinkable or how do they prepare for retirement or separation as well? And that's, we have an armed forces guide on our website as well. That's free. That talks about the military life cycle all the way from enlistment to estate planning, all those, all those areas that they need to think about, including divorce, which doesn't sound like a, it's, it, that's not a happy topic, but over 50% of the military goes through a divorce and that has a huge financial impact. Uh, and, and we play that out. So folks understand what the financial implications are with that. And that changes as you move to your career, because Spouses have some protections as well. We talk about those in our armed forces guide. Right. That all sounds like great resources uh, for that. And as you say, the journey, the newly enlisted person that has their first real job, if you will, and they're sent across country and they may have just gotten married, as you pointed out, and having a financial institution that they can trust, that they, credit unions with the common bond, it's just such a it's almost the perfect marriage of the common bond to, to a particular organization. Well, and it's, but the fixed credit unions are unique work. Cause you, you reminded me of something. If you remember the, the member access bill around the turn of the century, when that bill got signed by president Clinton and allowed credit unions to bleed over into other fields of membership. And it changed the landscape of our, of our industry. DOD has a one bank, one credit union policy. That's an oasis in that whole membership, but it exists for a very important reason. And that's because you don't want six credit unions and 10 banks, all these other financial predators come in on base. Military members have enough to deal with. They don't need to hear the sales pitch from a whole bunch of other voices and try to pick one or worse, get a credit card from each one of them, right? Just. It, that's just not a good, it's just not a good model. So having the one bank, one credit union on military installations is a time honored rule. It's actually in the regulation, but that also prevents predatory lenders because you drive off of any base and they're right outside the gate, whether it's title loan companies, pawn shops, you name it. And so we want our military to have just one voice. So it's one bank and one credit union. We compete very well with banks, um, but it's there for a reason. And, and one of the things our member credit get credit unions get for, for being on the base, that's, is that non-compete aspect. They don't allow any other credit union or bank or anybody else to come on the base and promote membership or customer accounts or 
loans or credit cards. Again, we want to tamp down the, the confusion because those credit unions are also pro, also required to provide free financial services on behalf of the government. So they have to provide financial readiness training to all non-members that are on the installation. They have a newcomer's briefing, transition briefings, whatnot. In some cases, they have to manage the government's treasury account for free. And that's when the commissary needs to make their deposits. Then they go into the, this treasury account. And then when we go to war, some of our credit, well, all of our credit unions have a requirement. It can be anywhere from $50,000 to a couple million dollars that they have to keep on hand so that unit can deploy with cash downrange. Oh, wow. Keep, keeping cash is very expensive. I and mean, we, we're, we, you know, our members are required to keep that for free at their own cost. Because when an execution order is, drops in the command post, you typically have four hours to have that cash ready to go. And I remember as a commander, we had a vice presidential mission going to Moscow and uh, their requirement was $250,000 in less than four hours. And so we hit every ATM on base and in the immediate surrounding area from both the bank and the credit union in order to provide that cash so that C-17 could, could deploy with, the, with cash. And that cash is used to pay landing fees. It's used to pay takeoff fees, parking fees, all that stuff that air traffic would need when it's downrange. And so that's something people don't realize. That's that one bank, one credit unit is also consideration for all the free stuff that our member credit unions are required to provide. Yeah, devil's in the details. Uh, everything you just said there makes sense, but it's just something that that never really dawned on me from, from my 33 year, 36 year now, counting the consulting credit union journey, the, the thought of, of having that cash for deployment it's logical, but wow, never really realized the, that requirement was there. Of course, it needs to be there, but that's something that another great service of these credit unions. But thank you for pointing that out. The, I'm looking at your website and under advocacy, there's the military advocacy F committee. It, speak to me a little bit about how the role of that and how that works. Yeah, that's a that's been a great resource for myself, right? We stood that up in 2018, and the reason why is because I'm a 25 year military guy. Didn't know anything about credit unions? Didn't know how to spell Cecil. Didn't know how to. <laughs> didn't know anything about credit union access or any of the things that would involve credit unions. So we set up a military advocacy committee made up of our member CEOs, in some cases their general counsel or their compliance folks to meet once a quarter where we would put up our, our advocacy priorities or emerging issues. And that was used to educate me on, on what the issue was, but also to get a sense from our DCUC members on, should we support, should we oppose, should we keep quiet? What's the recommendation of the committee going forward? And it's been a very valuable resource for us. We also push out information if we're doing sample letters, if we're pushing out other information or be on the lookout for us. So it's been a very good resource and a welcome addition to the Defense Credit Union Council. No, that's exciting. It's the, the that wisdom of crowd, getting input from the people that matter in the, the, the context uh, from different folks. Mark, uh, and Mark. Look, right now you are looking at the entire advocacy department for the Defense Credit Union Council. <laughs> <laughs> in order to do the job that we do, we crowdsource a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
And I get lots of great help from our member credit unions and Hey Tony and explain it to me. And that's how we get things done. And I like it because the fact that I'm also the CEO uh, helps us get our messaging out much quicker. Our positions get out a lot quicker. Our communications get out a lot quicker. So that's, that's our agility to use a military term, sure. be a really flat organization. And I, we pride ourselves on being able to do that, you know, for our members, whether in the early days of COVID and, and the PPP loans and all the restrictions coming out, we were able to get information out first. And that's for us, there's a, there's an old saying, be the firstest with the mostest. And that's what we try to do every day. The first is with the mostest with the flat organizational uh, structure. You must get up pretty early. I do. And I stay up late. I use my wife's wonderful. She, she'll put a blanket over me when I fall asleep on the couch. And I don't know what time I go to bed. I know, I know what time I go to bed. I don't know what time I fall asleep, right? Sure. Cause sure. You know, yep. I fall asleep on the couch and I'll wake up and actually go to bed. But, but again, I'm really enjoying this job. It's fun. It's exciting. Lots of adrenaline. And that's, that's what keeps me going. It's a lot like being in the military. Yeah, that's, I, I, I can see it's perfect for you. I can see your passion as you speak about it. And I know one, one aspect from the outsider looking in is I know you have a, a conference outside of the U.S. once a year, and it, it's always intriguing to, to see where that was and, 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 and it attracted a lot of, you would invite NCUA board members to come and they would participate. And the board members liked that because they could come and hear what was going on in the military credit unions and talk to you about how NCUA can help. Yeah. And then they could do a little bit of education from the NCUA side of things. I don't know if you've picked where you're going or can announce where you're going this coming year, but is if, if people are listening and saying, Hey, I wonder where they're going next year. Is that something that, that is ready for prime time yet or has been selected? Sure. Yeah. We, yeah, we are going to go to Warsaw, Poland in the spring and Warsaw as was, there's a lot going on around Poland, right? And, uh, that's the epicenter for just a lot of things. A couple of years ago, the Congress authorized a permanent brigade side brigade size military unit there in Poland. And so that attracts a lot of attention, especially as the United States military moves further eastward you know, to defend NATO countries. And we have, we actually have U.S.-based credit unions that compete and win geographic franchises from the DOD to operate on military bases. And operating overseas is different from operating in the United States. You got status of forces agreement, host nation issues, someone attacks, tax to earnings there. And there's a whole bunch of different issues that you would never encounter in the United States. <clears throat> Plus it's for, from the credit union mission side, those military members are thousands of miles and separated by thousands of miles of ocean from home. And so anything we can do to one, protect them financially, but two, to offer whether credit unions are sponsoring a, a summer picnic, a 5k run banquet, any of those things, anything we can do to try to make life that much easier for them when they go across the seas. And then overseas or in harm's way, that's a whole different ball, ball game is how do we support ongoing operations or all of the other, utter confusion that happens at any time a contingency kicks off. One thing that we don't need our troops worry about is their money and then paying their bills. We want them. We want the aircraft maintainers remembering to hook up the oxygen bottle in the fighter jets. We want, we want our aerial porters not dropping stuff in and damaging equipment. 
We want people being safe. We want our tank drivers or mechanics correctly. So that's one less thing our military has to worry about. And so overseas is just different. So we pick locations again, after 9-11, it's harder to get on base. So we pick cities that are, that are all around Europe to get a different European flavor. And we always try to meet with the local credit union, if they have an association to come welcome us any issues in town. So I'm, I'm very excited about Poland service. Federal credit union is, is, has been gracious enough to help sponsor that. And we're also working with the Polish Slavic federal credit union out of New Jersey because their CEO has a very good and very tight relationship inside Poland with some, with some government officials. And so I think the planning is coming together for that very nicely. And we look forward to doing that, but we have great conferences. We just, we go back to our roots during the CUNA GAC. Right. Like February, 8 March. And you know, that's when all the CUNA councils meet is that Sunday before. Right. We go back to our roots. We have a program, we call it Defense Matters that same Sunday. And I can tell your listeners, we just signed Ari Fleischer, the former communications director in the Bush White House to come be our keynote. That's exciting. Before, and he's, he's just break it down. And we, we've had other, I think we had the Cook Political Report, you know, Amy Walters come and talk to. So what I like about that is we'll also bring the NCUA and if we can get a DOD speaker, that would be, that's always our goal too. But I want folks when they come to our defense matters to get a political insider's view. You sure. know, GAC tends to attract a lot of political junkies. So let's just give them what they want. <laughs> and the, the, the dialogue is always good. So we do that Sunday morning. And then in the summertime, we have our annual conference. This year, we had our 60th annual conference in Colorado Springs. Next year, we'll be in uh, Fort, I'm, I'm sorry, St. Petersburg, Florida. And so we're looking forward to that as well. And then we have a couple of regional conferences, or we call them sub-councils. We have one in the Midwest, which we just concluded last week. And that was in Overland Park in Kansas. When we rotate the cities around, the, around America's heartland. And then we started a new sub-council in Hawaii. Because a lot of those credit unions in Hawaii, it's very expensive to travel to the States. So we're sure. bringing more DCUC out to them. And, and I, last time I was there in Hawaii, I got to visit each of those credit unions in their, at their headquarters, which is usually just the one branch, or I mean, they might have you know, some satellite branches. But it was really neat seeing what some of their issues are and what they're seeing on those military installations. And that kind of goes with my command philosophy is that you got to get out from behind your desk. You got to get out and see people. You got to see people and, and, and have them show you their problems, walk, walk in their shoes for a little bit. So when we come back to DC, I can say, Hey, what can we do for Hawaii-based credit? What can we do for our, for the credit unions in the heartland? And we'll be announcing some other sub-councils as DC grows you know, even further. But the opportunity there is to partner with the leads as well sure. and some league representation. So that's part of our growth strategy and how we, how we help uh, our member credit unions that are serving all over the country. That's fantastic. Sounds like 2024 is going to be a big year. And then with the other expansions and things going forward, like you said, the next 60 years are going to be as exciting as the last 60 for DCUC. Uh, Tony, is there a question that I should have asked you today here that I didn't? Mark, I thought it was a, there was a lot there and I'd like to come back on your program and maybe, maybe do some other ones, but I just you want to say, it. I really appreciate your time. And it's always a pleasure. I'm very excited about DCUC and, and where we're headed. And I'm looking forward to at least starting the next 60 years. You got it. I appreciate you spending some time with me and my listeners to explain uh, the important role that DCUC plays for military credit unions, military 
uh, members and then the veterans as well. So Tony, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mark. You got it. And listeners, I want to thank you for listening. I uh, hope you'll listen again soon. This is Mark Treichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 